This is the MLW Radio Network. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? It's your boy, Blackheart, the head honcho off the Top Roast Podcast. If you love independent and professional wrestling and like all the juicy gossip of the wrestling industry, then look no further than here, OTTR Headquarters. You can catch us on Facebook, Twitch, and Facebook groups, and whatever that you get your podcast from with our, with our latest Last Week of Wrestling, After Darts, Under Boss's Hard Taste, and now our new upcoming trivia game show, Wrestling Every, coming soon. So if you like what you've seen, you love professional wrestling, you love independent wrestling, you love everything about wrestling just yourself, give us a tune. You know, you would not regret it. Blackheart out. Everyone knows a lot of things can change in the span of 10 years. But when it comes to professional wrestling podcasting, one thing is still guaranteed. The Shining Wizards is the only place to get all the latest wrestling news, interviews with the greatest guests, and of course, tons of laughs in discussing the world of wrestling. The show is still available on Monday nights at 7 p.m. East on RantDMRadio.com and Rant Entertainment Media on the TuneIn app. And it's still available on all podcasting platforms. To check us out, head over to ShiningWizards.com where it's still wrestling talk and talk about wrestling. Are you tired of prediction shows? Do you want to fantasy book the companies? Does Bigfoot even really exist? If you answered yes to any of those questions, then check out the podcast that isn't a podcast. Every Tuesday and Thursday, the standing streamer stands and delivers as he and Vanessa talk about all that's going on in pro wrestling today. Plus, see in-depth conversations with people in and around the wrestling world as guests share their stories and insights about making it in the business. The Putting You Over Podcast. Putting your weeknights over every Tuesday and Thursday. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening and good night. My name is Thomas and what's your name? Uh, I'm Alan. Alan. Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. We're brothers. That's right. Yeah, yeah the mother, same mother and father. Your room was... Oh, we shared a room. Shared a room. For we shared a room. Thought I knew your face. Yeah, we so go we... way back, mate. Yeah. yeah. We should do a podcast then. Uh, we have. We do. We do a podcast. We do a podcast. What's it called? The Broadcast. Yeah, that was planned. Yeah, yeah. Well, what do we do? Well, we cover all different things in the world of pop culture. We're talking about comic books. We're talking about professional wrestling, and we're talking about movies. Go back and watch classic retro wrestling events, the likes of WWE, WCW, and if you do like that, you can check us out on Apple iTunes, also on Podbean, Anchor, and on Podknife. Also, check us out on Twitter at the Broadcast. That's B R O. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Ending. Yeah, it's all right. Good on you. Yeah. Instagram also at the Broadcast Podcast. Remember, we don't spell it with a C, we spell it with a K. Sorry, mate. Take it easy. Two Heels and a Face Wrestling Podcast believes wrestling is a buffet. There's something there for everyone. These guys cover local Chicago indie scene, and all of their episodes can be found at twoheelsandaface.com. The number two heelsandaface.com Hey everyone, my name is referee Tony S and this is Heat, the wrestling podcast. Like you first and foremost, I'm a wrestling fan and for nearly two decades I've maintained law and order inside the squared circle in New England and throughout the country, working with some of the best and brightest from wrestling's past, present, and future. Now, I bring my authoritative tell-it-like-it-is style to the podcast world. Join me each week as we go through all the major headlines from the global companies, independents, and in-between. 
and most importantly, the women will receive the coverage and headlines they truly deserve as they'll empower the second half of the show. Plus, I'll introduce you to my friends and colleagues within all forms of wrestling and entertainment, answer your questions, anything goes, no holds, well, questions barred, and throw in some fun surprises along the way. Get ready for the spark that fuels the flame. Listen on Spotify, Anchor, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to another episode of the Front Row Material Brand. My name is Mike Freeland. We are brought to you by the MLW Radio Network. You can catch all of our podcasts over on MLWRadio.com. You can check us out on Stitcher, iTunes, Podcasts, and anywhere else that you get your podcast absolutely free. We do appreciate you downloading our show and continuing to support us. Also, if you know some fans of wrestling who would enjoy our podcast, definitely go ahead and spread the word. Let them know. Go ahead and tag them in a social media post or just kind of direct them to where they can find our show. With that being said, let me go ahead and let me bring in my broadcast partner. He is from Canada. He is my main man. He is the butt. How you doing, butt? I'm doing good, Mike. How are you, butt? I'm hanging in there. Hanging in there. Uh, it's interesting that... You just never know in the world of wrestling what in the hell is going to happen. A week ago today, actually, um, you had broken the news that there was rumors that WWE was going to be sold, uh, according to one of your sources. And, you know, that had been going around for a while now. And we had found out that there is truth to that. Now, who exactly is going to be the purchaser of the company? We're still not sure. The Saudis are definitely still very much involved. Uh, we'll talk about some of the other players that are involved in the process as well. It does look like Vince is going to go ahead and sell the company. Um, if the company does get sold, we'll definitely bring you all the late-breaking information and, and details as well. But I think that's a big news story um, about WWE in general. I mean, I, I don't think you and I have ever known this, something like this, from a business standpoint, obviously life is way bigger and more important. The, the lives of the talent, and we're going to get to uh, a story that just broke today as well. But just in general, um, we all remember where we were when ECW got sold and, and when it went out of business and when WCW was sold and went out of business. And, you know, you, you kind of live through these moments in wrestling and you kind of remember where you were when. I remember where I was. I remember exactly the chair I was sitting in when the last Nitro happened. And it was just crazy. It was not the dead ants chair. It was a it was a different chair. Um, yeah, that chair was was not exactly in existence in my possession at that time. But um, let me first, first go ahead and just kind of start off with some news that it has been breaking. Um, unfortunately, there's been another passing in the wrestling world. Jay Briscoe of the Briscoe Brothers has unfortunately passed away. Tony Khan recently tweeted out. Um, the confirmation of the news. A lot of things were going online as far as rumor of what was happening. I'm going to read you the tweet from Tony Khan. And uh, it, it happened so quickly. You know, there was rumors and then Tony Khan came out and, and made the announcement. And it says, sadly, Jamin Pugh has passed away, known as Jay Briscoe to the wrestling world. He starred in Ring of Honor for over 20 years from the first show until today. Jay and his brother Mark dominated Ring of Honor, reigning as champions all the way till today. We'll do whatever we can to support his family. Rest in peace, Jamin. Now, there's so many people who are commenting on this tweet as of right now. A lot of people are, are really like shocked. A lot of people were saying, this has to be a joke. This can't be true. 
Um, Alex Abrahantes from AEW says, so unbelievably sad. May he rest in peace. Thunder Rosa is chiming in at this hour saying rest in peace as well. Um, The Beer City Bruiser said, please let this be a hoax. Wrestling is a very much a fraternity. And, you know, when when somebody loses their life, it, it affects everyone, no matter what company you're working in. Uh, Lady Frost posts a heartbroken emoji. Brian Pillman Jr. says, rest in peace to a true legend. Um, I'm going to try to continue to go through these as the show goes on. But but let me ask you this question. It, it, you never get used to it. Um, you know, this is a business that we both have loved for, gosh, you know, decades and decades. I remember starting to watch wrestling. Uh, my first wrestling event, I remember was WrestleMania three. It tells you how crazy long ago that was. So what was the first time and what was the first passing that you'd heard of that really affected you? Like, Oh my God. Uh, The first passing I can remember was Adrian Adonis. Yeah. Um, The the reason I remember that one a little bit is because it happened in Newfoundland. Right. Uh, he was doing an independent shoulder, traveling to Lewisport, uh, swerved to avoid a moose, and ended up going into a rock cut. That's the first one I can remember because it happened not far from where I'm from, and it was, it was big news uh, for you know for sleepy little towns like I'm from. But so that was that was the first one I can I can truly remember, and you hear about it unfortunately where i'm from a fair bit because there's so many moose vehicle accidents right um first one to really affect me i'd have to think on that one i'd probably own i would imagine would be the first one that i can say you know because at that age you know you you understand and it you understand death a little bit better i guess you know, there, there's more to it. There's the feelings that go with it, the emotions. And that, that was probably the first one that I can honestly say affected me. I mean, none of them are good. I mean, let's be honest. I mean, right. Uh, but Jay Briscoe, what was he, 30? We were talking about 37 or 38 years old. You know? Yeah, not very old, late 30s. Not as old as us. I know. I mean, I, I watched uh, a match of his two weeks ago. It's just, I don't know, it gives you a bit of a reality check sometimes, I think, Mike, to where, not to sound uh, cliche or hokey, but you don't know if you got tomorrow. You don't, you really honestly don't. Right, I mean, you know, live to an extent, I mean, don't be foolish, but you know, you got to live, tomorrow's not promised. Once again, very cliche, but it's true. Yeah. No, well put, I mean... It's just freak stuff like this, and, and once again, um, we don't know the details. We're not going to speculate. We, we have no idea. The, the most important thing right now is um, send wishes out to the Briscoes uh, and their family and the, their Twitter accounts. I know their family is going to be monitoring those as well, and um, just sending love and, and heartfelt you know sympathy and condolences. I think that's the, the, the most that, that we can do right now and just kind of keep tuned to you know, those who are in the know. And I feel like when, when situations like this happen, wrestling fans actually kind of come together. It's, it's a very galvanizing thing. Um, when we talk about different passings, I mean, I remember 
probably my earliest one was well, when Brody died, that was a big one. Um, when Andre died, that was a big one. Um, and, and Andre had been suffering from some health injuries, and, and there was a lot of things going on there. But um, craziness, and I mean, I think one that a lot of people remember because it actually happened at a show was what you said before was was Owen Hart, which was so tragically sad. I mean, can't even can't even really put into words. Um, I mean, it happened at a wrestling show. And and I know that's not the first time that's happened before. I know it's happened before at, at shows outside of the United States, but that's just crazy. I mean, can you imagine being at a show? You're so excited, and then that happens. No. That's, I don't know. But just to, to envision that mess you up. Even if you were sitting in a nosebleed, and you were at that show in Kansas City, and you've seen that, it would have to. Yeah, and it's something that Jim Ross says he doesn't even really want to talk about anymore because it happened right in front of him. And I, you know, I can't even begin to imagine how that would rock you. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. it just right in front of you, like right there. And it's, um, I don't think you ever recover from someone's passing. I think you just learn to manage how you feel day by day. Pretty much. That's that's what I would think of this. Um, just to give you a little bit of, of background here, for, for those of you who may not be super familiar with the Briscoes, and you may just have known them from their association with the new Ring of Honor, which was recently purchased last year by Tony Khan, and they defeated FTR to become the new Ring of Honor World Tag Team Champions. And there was so much excitement with this new Ring of Honor. And you feel like a lot of that is is kind of been taken away in this moment. But um, let's kind of talk about this. So the Briscoe brothers, uh, as I mentioned before, Jamin, uh, also known as Jay, and his brother Mark, uh, they were in wrestling for many, many years. Actually started out when they were about 16 and 17 years old, respectively. They had started wrestling uh, in their backyard on a trampoline. Their parents eventually went ahead and bought them a ring or got them a ring to construct in their backyard. They continued to hone their craft, and they ended up having an opportunity uh, to jump on the independent circuit at a very, very young age. Now, when was the first time you had heard of them? Um, But, I mean, obviously not being super familiar with them, but when was the first time you heard the term or the name the Briscoes? I remember hearing about them years ago. I, I'd never got into it. I never followed it, unfortunately. I wish I had. Uh, this has nothing to do with with, uh, with him passing away. It just didn't, once I actually started watching them, I realized, wow, they're, they're pretty damn good. They're an entertaining tag team. I mean, they were the friend of honor. Uh, did they not go to Impact for a little bit as well? I believe I, they did, yeah. Right, but they were mainly a, a ring of honor uh, team. Correct. For, for for the most part. They did the, the indie scene, but ring of honor is where they made their name for themselves and whatnot. And if you just look at, you go back through uh, Google pictures of them from their, earlier in their career, they're pretty, you know, fairly clean cut. Good looking, looking dude. Looking, absolutely good looking young fellas. 
and then by the end they're pretty wild looking dudes they are. like you know no you meet them in an alley you're, you're gonna run they, the other way yeah like you know right now i'm not saying that's the type of dudes they were i don't mean it that way because they look it's just, like it's just the image that they had portrayed yeah and and it played into their characters perfectly because uh, they they were they would be a throwback, I would think, to absolutely sixties, seventies, eighties, um, like a Memphis style wrestler, like pretty pretty mean, yeah, nasty bunch, like you know Puerto Rico and Abby and 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 you no, know, that's the soul bruiser hunters beating the tar out of one another. They were pretty much a throwback to that. There was no sports entertainment with these guys. It was just no. all out, just just brawls is really what it turned out to. But they were also really good when they needed to be as far as a technical standpoint. Mm-hmm. Um, going back into their their history here, which you know I I known a little bit about the Briscoes, but they were both top football players in high school, and they were all state honors as juniors and seniors for football. And in fact, their father was a high school wrestling coach, but they stayed away from the uh, amateur high school wrestling stuff because, as they said, it wasn't for them. Um, they really were big fans of WWF at the time. And in their late teens, they ended up going and working with East Coast Wrestling Association. So the ECWA when they were still in high school. So these guys, literally, it, it almost seems like a, a, a Nick and Matt Jackson or a Hardy Brothers type of scenario where they were super young, still in high school, breaking into the business, you know, being in the Delaware area. I, I did not know that they were standout athletes in high school and they were getting opportunities to go to college to play college football. But when you hear stuff like that now, that's a big thing. I mean... You know, it's interesting to know a little bit more about people, um, you know, unfortunately, after the fact. I could see it, though, because, I mean, you know, both well-built dudes, not be they're grown men by them, but still, you would assume when they were high schoolers, they were still well-built, and they were good athletes. Like you said, they, yeah, they could smack you in the face and rack you up with a chair, but they could also wrestle, too. They weren't just, you know... Hardcore, Rollers. no talent wrestlers. Like, right. They could wrestle. I just don't think they enjoyed it. I think they they got a bigger charge out of being a little more violent. Which hey, I'm okay with. That's fantastic to watch, right? And and I think that's what it was from from. And I'm very novice to them. First one to admit it. Seen a handful of matches. Watched some highlights and stuff like that. I, I liked watching it. They were entertaining as all get out. Like I said, I wish I had discovered them. They truly discovered them and started following them five, eight years ago when I first heard about them. Yeah, the Briscoes made their ways through a lot of different promotions over the years as well. And in their late teens, when they first got their opportunity uh, to go to ECWA, like I said, you know, late teens here, um, this was their first appearance. May 20th in 2000, when they first went under the names of Jay and Mark Briscoe. Um, I'm not going to go through a, a whole career timeline, but they originally spent time in uh, CZW, which many people are familiar with now, but CZW produced a lot of talent. Uh, John Moxley came out of CZW as well. 
Um, I do believe Adam Cole spent some time in CZW as well. So a lot of different people were in CZW. They were in there after they left ECWA, and they remained in uh, CZW from 2001 to 2003. They would then stay in the Northeast and work Jersey All Pro Wrestling once again during that same time frame that they worked for uh, ECWA and, and CZW. Uh, 2001, 2002, they would briefly leave the promotion for a few years before returning back in 2005. Um, they had some rivalries with the SAT, the Spanish announced team, which is also just such a legendary team in the independent wrestling business as well. They then went ahead and started with a company, an upstart company called Ring of Honor back in 2002. Uh, they had feuds with so many different people. AJ Styles, Amazing Red. They held the tag team championships on many occasions. There was great matches they had with Samoa Joe as well. Uh, Chris Sabin as well. BJ Whitmer also. So many, many years over there. They also spent some time in Pro Wrestling Gorilla, uh, PWG, which had just recently had the, uh, the Battle of Los Angeles, uh, BOLA. And they were in there for... Different stints along the way. They were in there in 03, 06, 07, and then they eventually ended up returning in 2010 and 2011. Something a lot of people don't know is they, they took some time away from wrestling as well. Uh, they took a hiatus from wrestling uh, in 2004 before Ring of Honor's uh, scramble uh, cage melee happened. Mark was injured in a motorcycle accident. Uh, he was testing the limits before the show and unfortunately uh, got injured and that definitely uh, forced them to, to take some time away from that as well. Uh, they spent some time in pro wrestling unplugged, which is another promotion that's probably not really well known. They spent about a year over there. Once again, they worked with uh, SAT, the Spanish announced team. Um, they also end up winning the tag team championship there as well. After their sabbatical came back to ring of honor, uh, and they have been Ring of Honor staples since 2006. They did make a couple of appearances in Impact Wrestling, obviously, since Ring of Honor uh, had released all of their talents. Just kind of takes us to where we are today. And they were just recently crowned uh, Ring of Honor Tag Team Champions again. Ring of Honor announced that they're bringing back uh, Honor Club and that they were going to start putting all their programming on that on a streaming platform service. So they were excited to get back in there and and really work under the umbrella. But unfortunately today, once again, the news of Jay Briscoe passing away in a car accident, um, it definitely changes, changes everything there. So there's some other things that are going on in wrestling right now as well. Uh, what, what's your main thought right now in the world of wrestling? Like what's something that's on the top of your mind right now, but the Ruby Soho, Willow, Nightingale, uh, Ty Mello and a J match on Rampage. Yeah, definitely. Lord, uh, Lyle, eyeballs. me. That was good. That was entertaining. It was a damn good match. Right. How when she got power bombed and missed the table. Missed the table, and I thought she was going to get severely hurt. Oh, yeah. Like she ate that. Yeah. Right. But kudos to her. I don't know how. Her bell had to be rung. You would thing it has to well let me ask you your opinion on this i mean there have been some people who say aew takes 
too many liberties when it comes to their matches. And, and I've always defended AEW because that's kind of that's the style that makes AEW popular, right? I mean, it's it's the more high flying, it's the more lucha libre, it's the more of the independent style. But then you also have to take into consideration there's there's a time when you can do those things, but you have to use them sparingly, right? Because if you do it too often, that's how AEW got into the situation they got in before when everybody was dinged up and everybody was gone, right? And it was like, what do we do? You know, concussions are going to happen, but would you agree that sometimes I don't mind the blood, but just be super careful when you're involving tables and doing spots on the ring aprons and what's, what's, what's your take? Is it I'm cringeworthy fine at time? with the tables and whatnot, but when you're doing tables off of the entrance ramp down six feet or eight feet, that's a long way to fall, eight feet. And yes, they're trained to land a certain way, but if it gets botched and you're coming down eight feet and you're expecting to have something to land on, even if it's a table, and you miss it, you just, you know, flatten out on the ground, that hurts. I've never had nobody do that to me, but it strikes me as not a good time. So I'm okay with the table spots, but just like your your normal table spots, as messed up as that sounds, just, you know, you're powerbound through a table, you're both on the floor, you're, you know, you're laid out on a table, somebody jumps off the top rope. That's because you have less chance of a botch. And if you do botch it, it's probably less chance of somebody getting hurt severely. She she could have been hurt. Let's let's not kid ourselves. She could have really been jacked up in that. Right? So oh, no, I agree. You gotta pick and choose where you're gonna go with a big spot. That that's a big spot. It's a very big spot. So um, AEW, yes, they do a lot of high flying, independent style, luchador, how you wanna call it. But it doesn't need to be over the top all the time. Because then at a certain point, you're like, meh, hold it back a bit. If I see it all the time, I don't care anymore. It's not as entertaining. Right, it's not the, special. The shock and awe to it is it's not as big. And I'm not taking away from the match. Don't get me wrong. That was a damn good match. And that move fit in that match fine. And we're talking about it now because hindsight's always twenty twenty, you know, because that that one move went astray there. But for the most part, that was a damn good match. There's always going to be mistakes. The reason people talk about botches and whatnot with AEW is because a lot of their matches maybe push boundaries a bit too much. And, you know, you're not, you might hate me for saying this, but there's, there's a lot of botches in AEW. Like there is. And a, a missed move to where it just looks dumb is one thing, but when it's a botch to where somebody can get hurt, that's a different ball game. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because you, know, you can always get hurt, but when you see something like that, it really ups it, ups the ante. That's all. No, I I agree completely. I mean, it it's it's tough because. I don't necessarily think that I am a big fan of a certain style of wrestling. I just, I like wrestling. I don't like the, 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 
drama, the story. I know that that's part of wrestling. I get that, but I don't like the days of our lives aspect of it. I don't. I if if somebody weaves in some good promos on each other, some good vignettes, um, video packages, I'm good with that. But I don't need you know fake weddings, and I don't need you know people dressing up in silly costumes and food fights and this person sleeping with this person. I, I don't get into that stuff, and I think. That's why I really enjoy and I moved away from WWE because that's all it was. It's really what it got to. You know what I mean? It was all this production and smoke and mirrors and this Hollywood aspect of it. And at the end of the day, I just want to watch two people wrestle each other. This person's good. This person's bad. Wrestle. Um, Are you you trying to say Katie Vick and and who was it? Mula or Mae Young giving birth to the hand? Are you trying to say both of them were too much? Maybe a little over the top. I will say in some ways that 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 yeah, it was a little much. It was a little much. Now, now granted, people are probably gonna end up saying, Oh, that was in the 90s, and you you know, you need to move on from that, or whatever it was, early 2000s. You need to move away from that. It's not that bad, you know, it's changed a lot. We can agree to disagree. There's still a lot of goofy stuff that they do. Um, yes. I just don't get into. No, uh, I'm with you there. I'm I'm more of the I prefer that the matches and not too much. I don't know, talking, right? It, it does get a bit tiresome to me, especially when you get into like you know, ten, twelve, fifteen minute promo talking segments, and and let's be honest, Freeland, this is, we're not going to do this as a beat up on WWEF. AEW has their quirks with that, too. They've had some talking segments where it's like, Jesus, end us now, please. Just stop for the love of all that's sacred. So, no, but I I agree with you 100% on, yeah, I'm not a big fan of the over, definitely the over the top stuff. It just gets tired and I don't know. I, I can't get invested in it if it's just something completely ridiculous. But then again, I was a big fan of Kane, minus Katie Vick Perk. And so, and he's pretty over the top. I mean, he's a big red monster that wore a mask because he was burned up, supposedly, and stuff. He was supposedly burned up in a fire because Paul Bear, uh, I guess, is, was his father. And yeah. then... Uh, but, I, but I liked it, so... There's there's a certain time and and you gotta realize I was a lot younger then too. Absolutely, you were only so, I mean, in your late thirties. Where's my t-shirts? Nothing. Well, you really want to start running off yet. at the mouth? Where's my t-shirts? Nothing's been finalized yet. Yeah, okay. yeah. Somebody's gonna back out. But nonetheless, yes, the talking does have a point, a place, and the vignettes, the video packages, it all has a place. It just needs to be, to me, it just needs to be small amounts. Right. That's just me. I want to see more of the wrestling and less of the talking. Yeah, I'm with you as well. I'm with you. I agree. Um, so many things in wrestling are, they, they start to blur the lines of what's considered real and what's considered, you know, just part of the story. And I think that's where a lot of people get a little, 
I think that's where people get really interested in the, in the aspect of it. And I think sometimes that can work well, but then I can, al- I can also see that where it works against it as well. Because when you go super, super hokey, and then all of a sudden you decide to, well, I'm going to blur the lines between reality and, and what's really the show and what's, you know, really just part of his personality going in business for himself. And we've heard that phrase used so many times. I feel like that card has been played way too many times as well. Would you agree? Yeah. However, I would take that over to Hokey Fortness. Oh, no, I, I agree, but I, I still think you, you're not going to fool people at this point in time. You're, you're not going to have some big elaborate, oh, my gosh, you know, is this real? Is this not? You know, I, I don't think yeah. we're going to have those moments anymore, but I could be wrong. Okay, so let's bring one up then that it could be we don't know, maybe it is. So MJF, when he had his tiff mm-hmm. with AEW and he wasn't on, we know he was filming a movie, but do you think any of that was legit or no? I think he was frustrated, but I also think he's not going to be stupid and jeopardize uh, a situation where Right now, he's got to establish himself as being a big star. Because right now, if he were just to have quit and left, I don't necessarily know if he would have gotten a big uh, a push or been signed by WWE. He plays that card because I feel like that's his character. Now, do I feel like his his frustration was true? Maybe. But also from the people that know him, that I'm familiar with, um, know that he's a 100% professional person. So, and this is confirmed with people I've talked to, he's 100% professional. So that makes me think it's character work. Okay, so you, you know people that know MJF. I do not. I've I've talked to people uh, in the independent world, I should say, okay. who are familiar with him, and what they would say is he is 100% upstanding and 100% professional in everything. Because remember, before he, he got to AEW, um, which I haven't spoken to anybody in AEW about him, but in the in the independent world, like when we I do my interviews and whatnot, I talk about, you know, what was this experience like working with this person or that person? And we'll end the interview, and I'll still talk to them afterwards, and, you know, I'll, I'll bring up some names of some people, and they have nothing but praise for him. Such a good guy, very polite, very respectful, but what that you was see my is, question. Is he an asshole? Well, from what people are telling me, they're saying no. He seemed like he's a he's a straight up dude. I seen him at a show here. He was up with a uh, House of Hardcore Tommy Dreamer. Yes. And man, he was a prick. Now, once again, he was in character. Correct. He was just a prick. Give him money. Take your picture. Get the fuck out of here. He was just an asshole. And I was just getting back into wrestling. So I was I was there with my buddy Brandon. I'm like, who is that prick? And he said, oh, you know who he was and whatnot. He said, you should get your picture taken with him. Fuck that. I'm not giving that guy my $20. That what I mean. And then once again, I knew it was a gimmick, but it just really rubbed me the wrong way. Yeah, I probably should have spent that 20 bucks now in hindsight. Got my picture, and that was that. Did you get your picture with him? No, because he irritated me. I wouldn't do it. A $20 picture with MJF now. Think about that. You could have that 
in your office somewhere. Yep. But oh, you could have wow. flicked him off too. I think he would have been open to a, a double bird with each other. I think yeah, it would have been... maybe it just like I said, I was just getting back in wrestling, and I was, I don't, I guess I was more taken back by him. Like, oh wow, this guy is right out there. Like you often wonder how much of it, you know, it's all played up. But sure. but you gotta think, is he really a prick though? Deep down, he just amps it up to a hundred when he's on the mic. Well, that's why he's so damn good. Yeah, that, that's the. And once again, I don't mean is he a prick like he's a bad guy, but you know, some people just got dickish tendencies. Dickish and, tendencies, I like. Yeah, that. And, but then they just amp it up to where you're a bit of a a smart ass, but then for TV, you're just a not good person. Sure. No, I'm not disagreeing with you. Um, but that that's what I know. That's what I know of. So, yeah, I feel like in wrestling, people want to get back to just wrestling and matches. Mm-hmm. Wrestling and matches. I just... So you follow um, New Japan a little bit and and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Are they big on promos? Uh, there actually isn't a whole lot of talking from what I have seen. Now, I've been thinking about purchasing the um, their streaming service, but I don't think talking is a, is a huge aspect of that. They do have some aspects of like when they have their press conferences, which is normally where you see a lot of the jaw jacking going on. But no, you don't see a ton of that stuff. A lot of it is just the wrestling itself. So, but I feel like Japanese wrestling fans look at wrestling a lot differently than we do. We look at it from a very entertainment standpoint because we've been conditioned that way. Over in Japan, they still look at it as very much of an athletic event, a sporting event. Um, there's a lot of prestige in wrestling. In fact, on Wrestle Kingdom on the pre-show, they actually had a. Oh my gosh, I'm trying to remember what it was. It was a. Um, what do they call a match? Um, that's just I don't want to say just for practice, but it's not Ritz. Uh, gosh, exhibition. An exhibition. Thank you. They uh, an exhibition match, and it was people who were actually. Uh, amateur wrestlers who were going to try to break in and become young boys in pro wrestling and with new Japan. So it was really interesting to see how they take that so seriously and how they will end up grooming people who are actually really good top athletes and then start to bring them in and, and take them under their wings. So I thought that was interesting as well, but no, I don't see a whole lot of, of trash talking and, and whatnot in, in new Japan. I could be, I could be wrong in some category, but I don't, I don't see a whole lot of that. What about in like England and Germany and whatnot? You used to used to report on that a little bit too one time. I did. You will see more of that over there. You will see more of talking and whatnot. Um, I did a podcast uh, over in, and I covered, it was over in England and you had a lot of different European wrestlers as well. You will see a lot more of a, um, they call it strong style, but it's so strong style kind of originated over in Japan. And basically what, what they meant by that was you had to hit back, right? They were very stiff. They were very snug because they looked at it very much as a prestigious thing, a sport aspect. And then that somehow kind of garnered this non hokey North American way. And over in Europe, if you remember it, 
they wouldn't throw as many just punches because um, the punch, the whole punch aspect, like, but if you were to punch me, I'd get a black eye. So the one thing in Regal was a big one on this one was holds and grappling and throwing forearms and whatnot and uh, European uppercuts and all of that type of style. And a lot of times that was kind of melding with the strong style that they were doing over in Japan. So it just looked more realistic and it was much more brutal. And you would see a lot of welts and you would see a lot of just people that just looked like they got the hell beat out of each other. And so, yes, over there, very much, I would say, more, more realistic. But then go down to Mexico, that's different. That's that's more showboaty as well. Yes. Um, with AAA, the, the, the costumes, all of that kind of stuff. So it's really interesting what you decide to be a fan of because Puerto Rico – Puerto Rico was very hard hitting as well. Very hard hitting. So once again, it just depends on what style you are really into. And I think WWE tried to get into that at one point in time, but I think they had already kind of sewn their roots into one type of style, Hollywood, if you will. And like, you're never going to see a cinematic match in new Japan, or you're never going to see a cinematic match uh, in Puerto Rico or whatnot. You're just not going to see that. They're not going to do that kind of stuff. But that's the Hollywood aspect of what North American wrestling has really become. Yeah. There's a luchador uh, organization in Toronto. Really? Yeah. Nice. I wouldn't mind going up to see that. And I learned there's also a uh, no-rope barbed wire deathmatch organization in Toronto. Oh, my. Yeah. I there's probably something... won't go watch that. But... <laughs> there's something for everybody when it comes to that. Oh, for sure. um, now, I know people are probably going to also say, you know, you talked about it being more realistic and more uh, more of an honor over in Japan. Well, Mike, how do you explain DDT? Well, DDT Pro Wrestling obviously is a lot over the top. It's very over the top, but it's smaller. It's not necessarily a, a big, big promotion over in Japan, much like Chikara was here as well you'd have your car which is the the gimmicky the real comedy stuff that's where you would find your orange cassidy's who would do that kind of stuff um your dan Housen would be that type of person but um hey barbed wire death matches luchadors costumes whatever you want to call it it's i guess there's a little bit of something for everybody well 100 and, and that's what makes it so much fun you know, me and you have watched some of the same events for sure, right? And we've talked about them after more recent times, and we had different views on it. And, that, and that's just the beauty of it, you know. So, like for for example, like the um, the match that Jericho had with um, Orange Cassidy, the the mimosa thing. Mm-hmm. Dude, that I could have went, went without that. I could have went without that. There's a lot of different things that I just find to be it just painful, really, really painful. So, don't forget the AEW barbed wire death match, exploding ring, sparkler death match. That was that was atrocious. That was I. There's no other way you can describe that. Oh, now, God. the only defense of that was Tony had said that they had done. Um, a couple of walkthroughs and whatnot, but because they had invested 
so much money into the explosions, you really you couldn't do a practice explosion, if that makes sense. Like you would have just you would have blown your whole budget right there just on a rehearsal. Um, but once again, you, you you live by the gimmick, you die by the gimmick. I mean, if that had gone off and it exploded and shrapnel was everywhere and you see all that, and it would have been a great visual image, right? Unfortunately, it turned into the biggest mockery, and uh, that's why people were really looking at AEW going, no, these guys want to compete with Vince. That's not going to happen. That, that was not a China moment. No. No, it definitely it definitely was not. Um, something else I want to mention here in passing quickly. I'm not going to spend much time on it, but um, longtime WWE uh, executive leaves the company. Uh, this was reported on January 17th, obviously today at 12.24 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Vice President of Communications Adam Hopkins has officially left the company, ending his 25-year run with WWE. So that's another big person. The President of Communications, after 25 years with the company, he has officially left. So I don't know Any really details? what to say, but... Any details? Do you leave for another job? Is he an older guy, just retired? I, I don't know the details. I, I'm just looking at it from the standpoint of, think about it from this perspective. Vince forces his way back. The company was run by Stephanie and Triple H and Nick Khan. Things were going smoothly. Vince finds a way to get himself back. Stephanie resigns. Obviously, the shareholders are kind of like, what's going on? I don't think a lot of people want to have their name associated potentially with Vince McMahon. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he was looking to just simply retire. But I can also look at it from the perspective of, you know what? Sometimes people do not want to be seen that way. And um, I don't know. What, what What's your take? Would you be surprised if other people decided to leave the company? No, no, not, not in, not in today's day and age, but just with the way society is. No, there's going to be a lot of people who are going to want to get clear that going on for fear of getting, you know, painted with the same brush. They don't want to be seen as, you know, People that condone that type of behavior, whatnot. I could, yeah, there'll be there'll be more leave. Uh, Wrestling Inc.'s Nick Miller is also reporting WWE Executive Chairman Vince McMahon continues to make waves in the wrestling industry as he once again is talking more about the selling of the company. As of yesterday, McMahon filed a written consent amendment to WWE bylaws with the Security and Exchange Commission that would give him even more control uh, requiring shareholders without requiring shareholders approval. Now, the lengthy, lengthy filing puts into fact that McMahon can now make decisions on his own as it relates to WWE without a meeting or a vote from any shareholder. Now, this amendment is now in place. McMahon would have full approval over a potential sale in the coming months or alternatively will be in control of the company's decision as far as their media rights going forward. Um, I'm going to pause right there. That's kind of a big deal. You think making up making a change to the bylaws of the company, basically circumventing the shareholders, circumventing a vote by the shareholders, at this uh, like whoa, wow, it's just coming and taking it all over. He's you no, know, it's going to be Vince's way, and that's that. And 
Yeah. Like it or lump it. Now, in the aftermath of his father-in-law's return, WWE co-CEO Stephanie McMahon announced that she is resigning from her duties, leaving Nick Khan and Triple H the only two that are left. Now, there was allegedly, and it was reported by multiple wrestling outlets, that Triple H once again had a talent meeting, an all-hands-on-deck meeting again before Monday Night Raw, and he basically reassured the talent that he is still in charge of creative decisions and he is the chief content officer. Even though Vince McMahon will have some conversations, the final ruling sits with Triple H. He continued to tell the talent. Now, but I got to tell you, I feel like it's just bullshit at that point. Like, I feel like he's saying what he has to say. But when you see what Vince is doing, like, do you, if you're a talent in that company, in that locker room, do you believe a word of what he's saying? Or do you think that at some point in time, he's not going to be shown the door? Because I don't think Triple H would ever get fired from the company. But do you think he would ever leave on his own? Yes. Uh, well, anybody will, though. Freeland. I True. Just. He's not going to, I don't think Triple H is going to be with WWE when he's 80. So you don't think he's a lifer? No. I, I think he'll he'll put in a good career with him. Like, I don't think he's going to pack it in next week or nothing like that. He doesn't need to, to do like uh, Pat Patterson did. Then again, Pat Patterson didn't need to either. It's because you know? he loved the business. Exactly. And I think Triple H loves the business too. But it's a different generation. It's a different generation, but it's also the most dysfunctional family I've ever heard of. And I know people are probably listening going, you haven't met my family. You no, but I mean, that, <laughs> that's a jacked up family. I mean, from all the infidelities with his wife, you know, and we know that is for a fact. Um, the alleged uh, sexual assaults going on. Um, there's just so many things that just paint him as being a smarmy guy from an ethical standpoint. And then Stephanie deciding to leave the company. I mean, if Stephanie's willing to leave and that's her father, you know, at what point does triple H wave the white flag and say, you know what? I'm not going to be that far behind you. You know, keep the light on. No, because no, I'm just saying, got to play devil's advocate here. Oh I mean, no, and no, and that's what makes this fun. You make a comment like that, I get to make fun of you because it was foolish, and we both laugh, and everybody moves on. It's fantastic. Uh, that was foolish. That that's not going to happen. I, I don't see that happening. Uh, Triple H is not going to leave just because of this. And correct me if I'm wrong. Stephanie was pretty much retired. And came out of retirement more or less when Vince stepped away. Is that not correct? She had a, a different duty within the company. She had a different role. And then um, she did state that she was stepping away from the company. So yes. she was with the company. She said she was going to step away from the company. She wanted to focus on life, et cetera, et cetera. And then obviously Vince goes ahead and retires that triggers her to come back. You're right. So she was leaving. However, I'm wondering if she was like, hey, you know what? Maybe her mind at that point was still thinking, I'm tired of this. 
Maybe she's just like, okay, I'll come back to try to you know, sort some stuff out, write the ship, whatever it would be. And she did. She did. You know, uh, dad is gone. We need somebody to come in. Oh, dad is back. You know what? Fine. I'm, I'm going to pack it in again because I only came back out of necessity, not, not desire. And dad's back to run the ship. Good, bad, or indifferent, whatever it would be, perfect. He's back. I can go back to living, enjoying life, and you no, know, it might not. It might not be a matter of oh shit, the old man's back. Nope, I'm out of here. I don't think it necessarily is that. It could be. We don't know. Well, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't jump to that conclusion right off the hop. But I also don't hate WWE, so <laughs> I just think it's it's very unique. It's very very unique that, or, or very convenient, I should say. It, Things are it's all unique. Freeland wrestling yeah. is unique. WWE is, is a, unique. Is the McMahon's are unique. It's all a big clusterfuck, right? You think? But okay, do you honestly think there's no skeletons in the Khan family closet? Oh, I'm not saying that at all. Or I'm the not Jarrett's, whoever. Or we know about the Jarrett's, right? Here's hold on, hold on. Here's the funny thing. Here's here's the one thing I, I love when when people do this. Whenever we're talking about one group of people, it's like everyone. And I've noticed this. I'm not. I'm not saying this on you. My oh. wife has done this before. Well, what about such and such? My point is, we're not talking about such and such. We are literally just talking about them, right? And I think you're you're drawing a parallel, right? You don't think anyone else has. I don't think anyone else has a skeleton in their closet at this level. No way. No, no way. I don't think there's anything to that nature. There might be quote-unquote skeletons. I, I would not even remotely compare them to the Vince situation. Well, maybe not. That's that's the the biggest one. But Which one? Vince his with the with his lady friends that he paid to be quiet. I think he got his money back because they weren't quiet. Oh, that's a good point. Did they get a refund on that? He should ask for a refund. Um, I guess that's what they call buyer's remorse. Now, something else I think that we should talk about here. This was uh, this came out. Uh, a few hours ago, and this is, I'm going to give the credit to Wrestling News, and this is Andrew Ravens. Before WWE signed its streaming library deal over to Peacock, they were trying to upload their own streaming service, which to a lot of people are known as the WWE Network. Now, the WWE Network still exists in other parts of the world, uh, unindustrialized nations, small places, holes in the walls, third world nations. The rest of us uh, have the Peacock Network. Now, one thing wow. that is worth mentioning here, um, on the network, they introduced independent wrestling. They bought the libraries of other independent wrestling companies. And they went ahead and once they got, went ahead and, and purchased the rights to those libraries, they uploaded them to the WWE Network. Now that went on to the Peacock Network. Well... Uh, the promotions that they had a working relationship with were, were ICW, Progress, and Evolve. However, we're being told right now, uh, when WWE made the deal with Peacock, it came along with more indie content. However, it looks like the content 
uh, will be going away. Insane Championship Wrestling's videos are currently being listed as expiring in the next two days on Peacock. A view of the uh, WXW Wrestling Revolution in Germany is slated to air this upcoming Sunday. So if you have the network or Peacock and you go into the independent wrestling section, you may not see or have much more time left with the independent wrestling that they had on part of the Peacock uh, streaming service or the WWE network. Do you think this plays into any of this whole, what the hell is going on? Is this really starting to ramp things up with all these changes happening? Because why would, let me ask you, if it wasn't a situation with NBC or, or the rights or anything to that nature, why would they just go ahead and they have the rights? Why would they take all that stuff off? Because they know that is actually one of the, the selling points that people like. They like certain independent wrestling, and it's all under one umbrella right here. Now they're pulling that away. It almost seems like they're taking steps forward to maybe make their product more desirable. Uh, maybe. Uh, that's a possibility. It also could be that they're, have, they're having to pay these different federations X amount of money. I don't know if it's a yearly deal, a monthly deal, or whatever it is, and they're just not receiving the, the return. I mean, I, I live in one of those third-world countries where we still have WWE Network. Thank you very much, Michael. And I can honestly tell you I have never even looked at the independent wrestling on the WWE Network. Never looked at it once. I doubt I'm the only one. So I'm sure some people are all about it. But I bet you the people that are all about it are probably the minority. So it could just be a pure business decision. Sure. Is there, am I getting enough return? Is me having these independent federations on here going to get us an extra couple million dollars a year? Because they got to pay them. Right. I agree. No, Nobody's doing it for free. Right. Right. So they've got to pay it. But if they're not getting the return on it, what's the point? You're better off just not having them there at all. That in itself is something that I could I could see that. I just feel like if you're talking about selling a company and you're really trying to make it very desirable, I think trying to trim the fat and trying to make it as appealing to a potential buyer would be something you may may do some spring cleaning. You know, um, I also want to get your opinion on this because I don't know if we talked about this. Maybe we did. So this was uh, CNBC, and this was on the 13th, but I know they've talked about it ever since then. All Elite Wrestling, a professional wrestling league owned by the Khan family, um, is interested in merging with WWE, according to people familiar with the situation. Now, the Khan family, who owns the National Football League's Jacksonville Jaguars and the Premier League's uh, Fulham, a football club, would be interested in partnering with a strategic media company to share the intellectual properties while merging with this other promotion known as WWE, World Wrestling Entertainment. Um, I'm looking for the quote that Tony Khan had mentioned, but let me first ask you this. You know, we, we joked about it, but do, do you think, what do you put right now if Shad Khan, Tony Khan, and maybe some investors were to potentially buy WWE. Now, here's the thing. I guess it's twofold. The question is, could they pull off the deal? But the second part is, would Vince 
be okay with selling to a competitor, if you will. Could they do it? Yeah, they got the money. Yes, they do. Khan's got the cash. They don't need investors. The cons could probably go in on it their own. Where they look like Daddy Khan is loaded. He does. He's got a lot of money. So, yeah, could it be done? The money is there. And let's be honest, he can get investors. Sure. He can get on the horn and call, hell, maybe he'll call Jerry Jones from Dallas. Hey, buddy, you want to win on this deal with me? Jerry's got the cash. Right? Call the Gillettes in, in New England, in Foxborough there. You know, wouldn't call the Jets or nothing like that because, well, if you get their ownership, it'll go to shit. But, you know. Right? Call, call the Pagulas in Buffalo. Right? They're winners. Right? You know, if you surround himself with people like that, no, as much as I'm just doing that just to rag on you here a bit. But, no, he, he could get investors. If he needed it, he could get investors. I don't think he needs now the big thing is nah, Vince is your, your wild card. Sure. Um I don't know. Uh, part of me says yeah, Vince will sell he'll sell his soul for the right price. But then at the same time, well would Vince be doing it for the money? <laughs> Do you think Vince is doing it so he can pay his bills? No. He's got lots of money already. So, so what's the reason? What's the reason? Let, let's let's boil down to it. He's seventy. He's seventy-eight years old, or whatever the hell. Seventy-seven. He's got all the money in the world. Why would you sell? Are you? I have my own theory. But why would you say he would sell it at this point in time? It's your daughter. It's your son-in-law. I mean, first of all, Jeb McMahon had it, and then obviously Vince Senior had it. Then Vince Jr. had it. Obviously, there's nothing wrong with the company financially. It's very stable. Let the next generation run it. Or is there something more we're not thinking of? Maybe Stephanie doesn't want to. Thought about that. Maybe Stephanie's just like, no, I don't want this to be my future. Yes, I did it. I had fun. Made some money, whatever it would be. I mean, she stepped away twice now. So if she was really in it, would you step away? That's a good point. Right? Like, okay, we, we can go the route. You know, if, if you want to go, okay, she stepped away this time because her old man came back. Okay, I'm not sure I drank that Kool-Aid, but let, let's go that route. She stepped away last time just because she wanted to get away. So maybe it's just not where she wants her legacy to be. Or maybe it's like, I made my money. My heart's not in WWE. Sell it. Give me some more money. And move on. That doesn't make her a bad person if that's what she wants. Not at all. Right? Because Stephanie will be her life that she doesn't, you know, because she was raised around it. Her dad was obsessed with it. Correct. That's all her dad did. So you would, I think, there'd be a fair assumption to say maybe the family dynamic growing up, the old man wasn't around a lot. Yeah. And maybe she looks at it as, well, I don't want that to be our family, right? Because she's invested a lot of time. Triple H has invested way more time than her. I mean, he was on the road 300 days a year. And there's, you no, know, it could be a legit 
honorable reason she doesn't want to because she wants to raise a family. She wants to have a family. You don't know. Well, let me ask you this question. So Stephanie right now is 46. So obviously as she approaches 50, do you think she has, do you think in some way, here's a question. Do you think in some way she looks at her life and goes, man, it's been dominated by pro wrestling my entire life. And I never really felt like I got to step out on my own and do what I wanted to do because it was always expected of me to take over the empire that she would be willing to sell the company to it, it's my time now in, in essence. I can see it. Why not? If, if her heart is not in it to where she wants to continue the legacy, because who else is there to take over? Shane's done. Shane and is he, done. You're right. I forget what he does now, but he's not in the rest of the ministry at all. You know, I mean, we'll, we'll see him in March or April, but then he's going to go away for another year. I don't think we're going to see him WrestleMania season, but I don't, don't think, think so. No, he had a big falling out with his father, and it, and Vince was the one who actually fired him. So now, did he fire him or did he wrestling fire him? No, this was not on screen. Well, I know it wasn't on screen, but was it? You know what I mean? Like, is he legitimately not an employee, or is it just a? We fired him. Now Shane's gone off to do whatever, but he'll be back. You know what let I mean? Me, let me let me pull that up. I'm glad you asked that. Talking why I pull this up. Uh, okay, but no, but if if Stephanie just doesn't want to continue it, I can see it, right? And unfortunately, I mean, you never want to see a legacy end. Like it has, or like it has been a legacy, but you know, good things come to an end, isn't that the same? And maybe it's just she's had her run, you know. You no, know, Vince's can't get the family to take it over, so it's going to sell it to the highest bidder, get a bunch more money. I don't know, maybe divvy it up between the kids. Maybe he'll donate it to an animal shelter. Who knows? It can yeah, happen. an animal shot shelter. Like a like like cats like a like a like puppies. a cat house maybe or puppies maybe have all the little kitties running around. Um, okay, so there are multiple sources. Shane McMahon was in fact fired by WWE after he made his appearance at the Royal Rumble. Vince McMahon um, was not happy with Shane's behavior backstage at the Royal Rumble and decided at that point in time it was best to separate. Uh, to go separate ways and Shane was released from the company and he is no longer associated with world wrestling entertainment. So this is correct. It was not a, an on-screen storyline type of deal. It was, he was in fact fired. Is that when he changed the entrance number or something like that? Or He wanted to change some stuff. So let me, let me go into that whole aspect of it. Um, I think I remember a little bit now. Let's see here. Talk amongst yourself. Talk, I don't talk to myself much. They give me medicine for that. So, so today we had terrible weather. Currently in the middle of a freezing rainstorm. I can hear it bouncing off my roof and my window. So it should be a fun drive to work tomorrow. 
how bad is the weather? It's pretty crappy. We're supposed to get a I think half an inch of freezing rain tonight. Oh, that's not good. That's not good at all. No, so it could be an interesting drive tomorrow. They canceled buses today, the school buses for the kids. Wow. They cancel them for a lot. It doesn't take much. If it's a bad forecast, they cancel them now. Not like back in my day where it could have been two feet of snow falling and we had to go through it and you know, uphill both ways to get to school 18 miles. <clears throat> no, but no, you know. All right. Um, I'm going to have to keep looking for this. I do know that there were some conflicts of interest, and so it didn't look like things were, were going so well between the two, and they needed to part ways, because both of them are very similar to each other, but both very strong-willed individuals, and I think when you get two of those together, that can definitely uh, make things difficult. So, If you don't mind me throwing a little wrench in tonight's plan, what's Shane's legacy? That's a great question. Um, wow. Meaning like what what makes Shane McMahon memorable in the WWE universe, yeah, correct? Yeah, where, where do you see him? Like, is he, they look at him as, nah. Well, was he a premier wrestler? Because I think he was with the Mean Street Posse. They were pretty good. He's had some great matches. You know, Kurt. Kurt Angle almost killed him, throwing him through the glass. He almost that killed himself really, really a couple good. times. That one was really good. Um, Steve Blackman pounded him. Oh, he beat the tar out of him. Um, right. He's had some great matches. He has, and, I, and I'm not going right. to take that away from him. He's had some really good matches. What do I think of he's going to be remembered for? Unfortunately, I don't think this generation really knows him from the Mean Street Posse. I think a lot of them know him from his most recent coming back. So gosh, Shane was probably known as the prodigal son, which he was referred to many, many times. Shane O'Mac. He was the wrestler who wasn't a wrestler. He was his son, uh, you know, the son of the, the, the billionaire. Uh, I don't know. That's a good question. I don't know if I can necessarily, you know, say this is what Shane's going to be known for. Um, in years to come, that's a great question. What what's your what's your take? Do you put him on? Do you put him in the Hall of Fame? I mean, what do you go? Oh yeah, way? he'll get into the Hall of Fame. He's Vince's kid. He's getting in. He was entertaining for you. You can't argue that. I'm not saying he was entertaining. It was only for one match a year for the last ten years, or maybe two. But those matches were always entertaining. He did a lot of stuff I wouldn't do. A lot of people wouldn't do, right? He had no need to do, right? Then think of it. Every one of his matches was good. I can't think of one Shane McMahon match but like, eh, kind of laid an egg in that one. They were all good. Not technical matches by no stretch, but the stuff he was doing. You know, coast to coast off the top rope into garbage cans and whatnot. Hey, that was entertaining. You know, a, a lot of spot wrestling. And you got to think a lot of it. Fair sized dude, though, to be doing He's that. Big boy. He was not a small man. No. Right? So I liked him. I always found him entertaining. He's definitely going to Hall of Fame. Let's be it. 
the WWE Hall of Fame. Is it really a Hall of Fame? No. Like, don't they have the San Diego chicken or whatever hell mascot in there? Pete Rose is in there. Pete Rose is in there. Can't get into the Baseball Hall of Fame, but hey, Vinnie well, Mac will put you in. You do know why he never got reinstated in, in baseball, don't you? Well, for the gambling? Correct, but those of us here in Cincinnati, um, it just kind of circulates more, but he had a meeting with the commissioner of baseball, and it was a point-blank question. Pete, would you, if we brought you back into baseball, you know, and, and we reinstated you, uh, would you do any more gambling? And Pete said, I don't think I could stop gambling. So, yes, I would gamble again. Who cares? It's the Baseball Hall of Fame. He was going to, he should have got in as a baseball player. Player. This is not the Ethics Hall of Fame. This is not the Morals mm-hmm. Hall of Fame. Ty Cobb is in the Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. He might not have been the nicest individual ever. So... Anyway, it's uh, it's interesting. So I'm I'm looking what at something here. What he did was dumb, but he should be in the Hall of Fame. I don't disagree with you. I I'm I'm with you on that. But and and now you can actually gamble on sports. And he actually placed the very first uh, bet in the state of Ohio, and it was broadcast and they recorded it. He said for the Cincinnati Reds to win the World Series. That was his very first. That was the very first bet that was placed. When, when gambling became legalized in the state of Ohio. That was a bad bet. If it pays off, it pays off. When 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 was this bet made? He just made it uh, at the casino that's located in our downtown area. Oh, it just became legal to gamble in Cincinnati? State of, state of Ohio, yeah. Oh, yep. Yeah, something else, this is not even wrestling related, but some people were saying to me today at work that when, when they go to the grocery store, um, they get charged for the bags that they get their groceries bagged in. Unless you bring your own. Mm-hmm. What? Five cents a bag, buddy. That's freaking ridiculous. Yep. That's stupid. It's starting soon here in Ontario to be no single use shopping bags at all. If you don't bring your own reusable bag, you gotta buy one from them or carry it on your arms. That's stupid. Saving the environment, buddy. I think it's a little overkill, but that's just me. Um, let me see here. I want to also touch upon another big situation we have with WWE. Uh, Another WWE departure has been confirmed from WWE. We talked about Adam Hopkins earlier in the show. He left the company. He was part of, he was the president of communications for the last 25 years. Now, according to PW Insider, Stephanie Fondelia, who was the VP of communications for WWE, also has left as well. So she was the VP and he was the president. She worked from the company from 2014 to 2019 before returning back to the company in 2021. So you just had the, you would think, okay, let's talk about this. You would think it was, oh, well, if Hopkins was leaving because of retirement or whatever the hell, you know, that 
Fondelia would stay on because obviously she would get a chance to get moved up to president from being VP. But she's left the company too. I'm telling you, but there where there's smoke, there is fire. And when you have presidents and vice presidents quitting a company, that's not normal. What's the president or vice president of communications? What does that mean? What do they do? I don't I don't I don't have the listing here, but I mean Anytime you have a president, a vice president of a company, of a billion-dollar company, resigning, that's a big deal. Oh, I agree. I just, I just, I honestly well, don't, I don't, I don't know, know what want, they're. Like, maybe it's part of something with the the peacock or something or another. I don't know. That's communications, kind of. Maybe you want them to delete emails or something like that. Happens in the States a bunch to powerful people. Okay, never mind. We're dealing with old people who can't keep stuff in their garage locked up, so. Um, that's so stupid. I can't believe that's even happening right now. What? <laughs> it's so embarrassing. We are such a joke. We we are the McMahon family when it comes to politics in the world. Well, it's where I keep my Corvette. Really, Grandpa? Yeah. Look, I legit watch the news just so I can figure out something to make fun of you for. And it I, happens I, every week. I get something. I just, I can't. Like, you can't, you can't make this up. It's like a bad TV show. At it is times. a bad TV show. It's horrible. Gerald Ford, who was known for forgetting things and gaffes and whatnot. I mean, it was infamously known that he was made fun of behind behind the scenes at Saturday Night Live. Chevy Chase even uh, did impersonations and skits of him. But but this guy, Pawpaw? Oh, I can't. Okay, back to wrestling. Let's, um, I, I, I feel so bad about saying this, but we need to talk about it because this is definitely newsworthy. Um, have you heard the news about Kevin Nash? No. All right, so let's let's kind of jump into this. Ryan Clark is writing in for e-wrestling news. Kevin Nash lost his son Tristan just three months ago, and he's been struggling to cope with it on a daily basis. Speaking on the latest edition of his Click podcast, WWE Hall of Famer revealed that he's having some suicidal thoughts and indicated that he'd put a gun in his mouth since Tristan has passed away. Um, Nash would go on to say, Today is week 12 that I lost my boy. Time flies when you got a gun in your mouth. I mean, time flies when you're having fun. Um, at one point, Nash's co-host, Sean Oliver, who you know him from Kayfabe Commentaries, cuts him off and says, don't play like that. You, I know you have guns. You can't say those types of things. And he would respond to say, I can do whatever the F I want to do as long as I leave a note. Um, Nash went on to reveal that he often tells people that he's doing fine, even though that couldn't be further from the truth. As you'd expect, many fans are concerned about the well-being of the former NWO member. I'm trying to find the audio clip here that was associated with that. Um, first of all, it's so weird. Like, I, I, first of all, I can't even fathom losing a child. Second of all, I'm just about to have a child enter this world. So my mind is swimmy as all get out. Um, how do you even, I don't know. I mean, I I don't have kids. I never lost a child or nothing, but 
Jesus, he's in a dark place. He is in a dark and place. It, and it's understandable. I don't mean that it isn't understandable. It's 100%. But, man, like, I don't, I don't. Shit. That's just bad. Like, yeah. I don't even know how to how to respond to that. Because like, that's the last thing you want is to, you know, flip on Twitter tomorrow morning when you're getting ready for work. And that comes across or the, the man, he, he needs help, obviously. Like, he, he needs to talk to somebody. Oh, man. Like, I don't know. He's, he's just in a bad way. Yeah. No, I agree. I can't imagine what he's going through. Like, he's... No. I mean, I, I've lost both my parents. And I was a write-off after both of them. I, I couldn't imagine if it was my child. I don't know. Um, let me see if I can find this here. Anything good happened in wrestling this week? I, I'm trying to. Can we find that? Like, truly, Christ. I know, I know. Trust me, but I'm with you on that one. Um, goodness gracious, it's it's tough. It's, it's I mean, this is really really tough. Like, I get that it's 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 real life, but. Man. This is this is tough tonight. Yeah, this is definitely not something that I. You know, you never really wrestling is so weird because you love it, yet you in the back of your mind you know it's such a draining industry to be in, mentally, physically, all of these things, right? And you know that, even though I want to say we're past the the alcohol use as much as it used to be the pills, the somas, all that kind of stuff. But there's still a part of that. That is a part of it. I mean, you know, people take pain medication so they can perform, you know, people, people have alcohol and and they drink because maybe they're lonely from being away from home so much or for whatever reason, they're not home enough and all their conversations happen over the phone. And that that's a lot that takes, toll on a relationship big time well, so absolutely. what's that what's that absolutely that's i mean how i oh, god it's difficult it's very very difficult let me see if I'm trying to pull this up here if i can find um let's see okay i don't know if i can find this or not um. Yeah, so I, I feel bad for Nash. I think ep- everyone would feel bad for Nash. I forgot that John Fuller passed away. I totally forgot that. Yeah, Tristan. So. Tristan passed away, and uh, you know there was there were some issues there with with Tristan as well. Okay. Um, but it was believed that things were going to get better, and. You know, now what they're saying is, from what I understand and what I've been reading, is that he had passed away. And feel free to correct me if I'm wrong here about he had a seizure, and that had he was trying to quit alcohol drinking, and that he was drinking alcohol so much that obviously when he decided to try to quit, he went cold turkey 
it put his system into shock. And those are the things that I've read. Must have been heavy drinking to put you in the shock. Like if you're, if you're going that, like that's alcoholism. Yeah. But that, that's not having some drinks after work to wind down. That's, you know. Okay. So WWE star Kevin Nash said his son Tristan died after going into cardiac arrest caused by a seizure. Kevin spoke about his son's death for an episode on his Click podcast. The 26-year-old had struggled with alcoholism, Nash said. Uh, He and Tristan both previously decided to stop drinking cold turkey. Once again, he said he and Tristan both previously decided to stop drinking cold turkey. Tristan's seizure led to cardiac arrest. When EMTs arrived, Tristan, according to his father, was basically dead. He did not live... um, he wasn't able to be revived to be able to get any treatment at the hospital, but was in a coma. Nash's candid conversation about his son, son helped create a more complete picture about the life that he had lived. So that's what it went into. Very sad. Very sad. Hopefully you would think somebody's going to reach out to Nash, no? Like, my well, God. I mean, he, he, his wife, I mean, once again, I don't know what, I just don't know. I don't know. Because he's been through a lot, too. Don't forget, I mean. Scott Hall. Exactly. You know, he's been through shit. Yeah. But if you, you would hope, surely, God, there's people on the phone to him like 90 since, since that came out. You would, I mean, once again, here's, here's what I would think. And, and maybe I'm incorrect in making this assumption, but the Triple H's, the Shawn Michaels, the Hulk Hogan's, you know, the people who he has been in the business with for the longest time would be there with him. Um, and, and maybe they've tried. And I maybe. think sometimes it's it's difficult from experiences I've known that um, sometimes people get pushed away when someone is going through something very difficult. And I don't know. I'm not saying he's doing that. I'm just saying if, if somebody's going through some struggles, you know, it's it's difficult sometimes to ask for help. Mm-hmm. And may, maybe that's the situation. Maybe it's not. Maybe I'm completely wrong. But, man, can't let something like this happen. Can't let something like this happen again. Well, it's been a real uplifting episode, hasn't it? Yeah. Um, so once again, just kind of recapping, Jay Briscoe, uh, Ring of Honor star, um, has unfortunately passed away at the age of 38. Uh, Wrestling Inc. once again is reporting the following. At this point, there's no word on the exact cause or time of death. Jay and his brother Mark were just regained the Ring of Honor World Tag Team Champions following their victory at Final Battle over FTR. They are widely regarded as one of the best tag teams of the 21st century, having held tag team golds in New Japan, Impact, GCW, CZW, besides their 13 world title reigns as champions in Ring of Honor. More information about this will be coming out as well, but just continue to keep the Briscoe family in your thoughts and prayers. Jay Briscoe gone at the age of 38. Well, um, gosh, I'm trying to think about, I was going to talk about Bischoff, but uh, 
I'm just my heart's not into it. Bischoff to me just seems to be one of those guys who really enjoys. He's become a WWE shill. He has. He didn't like Vince McMahon, hated the guy, then worked for him, and now, man, he stands there and he waves that flag. Paul Heyman hated Vince McMahon, waves the flag now. And now that Tony Khan is doing TBS, TNT, you know, it, it's the revival of wrestling on the Turner Networks. Um, He took some shots at Tony Khan. Tony Khan fired back with some of those shots and... You know, obviously that's not going so well, but he literally takes pot shots whenever he can. And it's just, it's gotten to the point, but where I just kind of tune him out at this point. I don't even really listen to Bischoff or, or what he has to say, because I realize that even if Tony doesn't say anything, right, he'll find a way to say something about Tony. And it's just like, all right, if you're going to stay with booking concepts. And, and the other thing about this is Bischoff wasn't a great booker. Right? I mean, I don't think Bischoff was necessarily was a visionary when it came to WCW. I think he had a lot of people on the booking committee that definitely helped make things better. But a lot of people would say Bischoff was definitely not the brainchild that made everything tick in WCW. But that's just my opinion. Uh, he, he definitely helped. Uh, you can't take that away from him there. Uh, did he have a lot of backstage help? Of course he did. He did. Don't forget, he didn't come from a wrestling background. He was a model, was he not? When he got hired by um, Vern Gagne, I believe it was. He did that. He's never started. Pardon me? Meat sales. Meat sales. I did not know that. So he didn't come from a wrestling background. So, but anybody that's coming from a not, you know, coming into a new industry. You gotta have the background help. That nobody's walking in like, "Hey, I'm the cat's meow," and you know, it's all rainbows and unicorns flying out of my asshole. I did everything right all the time. You definitely gotta have the backstage help. So I don't think that's necessarily a slight against him. Um, I think he's just bitter at this point. He's he's bitter and he's just trying to stay relevant. When I I don't have an issue with with Bischoff. I also don't follow him a hell of a lot, right? Uh, he's just, yeah, I mean, he's out of the industry, really. I mean, he's got his podcast, 83 Weeks. But, I mean, I'm sure he does the autographs, does stuff like that, like your fan fest type of things. But that's about it. Like, he's never going to be back in a general manager role that he was on Raw or SmackDown or both, whatever it was or anything like that. But it's, I don't see, what does he gain from just nitpicking at AEW? What, what, what's the end game here? Is it just to be a troll? or Just just to keep his name out there. I mean, why do you think Cornette does what he does? Because he's nuts. And I like Cornette, but he's out there. Like he's, he is, some stuff he says, that wow, come on, like, Corny, you've lost it. I mean, saying that he just wants to stay alive long enough, you know, just so he can piss on the grave. It's just like, oh, my God. Yeah. Well, Courtney's got some issues. He's got a lot of issues. and uh, <clears throat> Great wrestling mind, though. I'm not going to say right. that he doesn't, you know, for 
that time frame. Not now. Definitely not. No. Wow. Come on. <laughs> There's very few from that generation that had the mind for it now. Yeah. Can you imagine half the stuff they did then? Tried to pull that off now? Everybody's getting sued. Everybody's going to be cancel cultured. Right. Everybody so, would be. No, that'll, that'll never fly now. No. Could you, could you imagine uh, if <laughs> Monday night one of the whoever, one of your big stars grabs hold to one of the women wrestlers and DDTs her or, you know, this is the old pile driver like, who was it? Did it? Tommy did it to Beulah, wasn't it? Or Francine and ECW? Yep. Could you think that fly now? Um, well, I mean, they're having intergender matches at this point, so. Yeah, well, we'll see how far that goes. Yeah. Who knows? What do you feel? How do you feel about that? About intergender matches? I'm not a fan. It's different. I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I think I go back to the man should never hit a woman standpoint right. in my head. I but this is this is all bullshit. Well, I know, but just, I don't know. And I and I get it where it would bother you. I, I completely understand that. But in the same regard, it's it's not domestic violence. It's it's a, it's a show. Well, I hundred percent. I I get that. I I I don't know. I I don't fancy it. It. Yeah, I just I just don't. It's hard to believe. Uh, maybe maybe that's part of it as well. As far as what the intergender matches happen? No, no, I don't know really what happened, but it's hard to be like, yeah, I could see that happen in real life. Like, you know, uh, there's some pretty like, badass women out there, dude. Oh, Holy. oh absolutely. Shayna Baszler would twist oh, me in a knot and my life would be if in about any, 10 seconds. I get that. But any UFC women, woman, woman walked in this front door right now, they would end my life if they truly wanted to. Absolutely, they could. There was a when I was boxing, there was a lady in our gym. She used to beat the crap out of me all the time. But she always wanted to spur, and I wouldn't. Did you pay for and it? She finally talked to me. Pardon me? Well, <laughs> you know. But did you pay for it? $50 well spent. Right no so one day the final said, okay, we'll spur. And I was taking very light. And she started getting mad at me. And she beat the crap out of me. She dummied me. So then she, cause she'd be like, well, why don't you hit me back? I'm like, well, I'm 100 pounds heavier than you. That, you know, I'm 100 pounds heavier. I'm seven inches taller. I'm, I'm a lot bigger. I can't bring myself to tee off on you. Well, then we discovered that I just couldn't do it anyway. She just beat the crap out of me. She was way better than what I was. She used to smash me all the time. She thought it was hilarious. She had a great time doing it. Right? I didn't enjoy it at all. No, definitely not. But think about this. They We had China. China beat... Um, who the hell did she beat? Jeff Jarrett. Jeff Jarrett. Won the title. And then didn't they also have a situation where... I'm trying to think, think, who beat Disco Inferno? Was that Miss Jackie in WCW? Where the, the whole big disco issue. China's a 
different conversation, though. She was bigger than the men, or half as big as the men. Like, you know, she was a big, big woman. So was Nicole She looked like she could beat the tar out of you. Yeah, Nicole Bass, same thing. She looked like she could beat you up. Now, do you could you envision um, well, somebody from that generation, Lita, taking on Stone Cold? Could she beat him up? I don't think like, so. Like it's, no. it's, I don't know. I can't. Not just I don't, know. I, I don't like it. Personally, I don't, I don't fancy the intergender matches. Hey, you want to do them? Fill your boots. If you sell tickets and people want to have it, go right ahead. No problem at all. Just not my cup of tea. Well, it's just one of those deals where it's like everyone has something that they like about wrestling and everyone has something that they clearly don't like about wrestling. Mm-hmm. And I think this definitely falls into that very interesting category of where do you stand? Yep. So. Where do you feel about women bleeding? Um, once again, I don't mind. Yeah, I don't have a big issue with it. Yeah, it doesn't I'm surprised me. they do it, to be honest with you, but. Um, I don't know. I don't know if I would say I'm surprised. I, I would say that there are some women who have loved wrestling just as long as guys have. And I think they are just as, as passionate about it. So as far as them doing it, does it surprise me? No. Um, but you just don't normally see it because now we live in the day where, you know, the divas and the costumes and all these girls look super hot and it's like very rarely do you find any of these women in particular doing something like that. But you have somebody like Ruby Soho, very attractive young lady, don't get me wrong, but she also has that edge to her, which you don't know where she could go. And I think that she's a perfect example. Take a look at Britt Baker, Thunder Rosa. They obviously uh, uh, got color as well. And they're both attractive women. So I think it's getting to the point where it's, it's not uncommon, but I still think it's a little it's a little weird at times, is what I'll say. Fair. So. Anywho, um, is there anything else that is on your mind right now as far as the world of wrestling is concerned? It's been a really, really weird last seven days with everything happening and obviously the news of a of another wrestling wrestler passing. Um no, not really. No, nothing really on my mind. Uh, well, I guess a lot on my mind, but you know, just with with Briscoe today. I mean, I didn't know anything about it till about fifteen minutes before we came on. Yeah, twenty minutes. Whenever you sent me that text. Yep. I had no idea. That was. I don't know why, and I, I didn't know a hell of a lot about him. Like I said, I've just been a fairly new fan, so I can't imagine like your diehard fans that have been following them all through Ring of Honor and whatnot. They must be devastated. So I mean, Jay, and you know, and you never want to hear somebody passing away, a young man, thirty-seven or thirty-eight. That's gee whiz, that's tough, and and the, and the Nash. 
probably worse. Um, like that's just when you hear about him, that man is going through so much, and he's had a rough run. I don't know, just well, makes you appreciate what you got, I guess. And I don't know, check on your buddies, check on your friends, your family. You check don't on know people. I agree. What people are going through. Yes. It doesn't take long to fire text off. Fire nope. off text. Hey, what's going on? Right? How the hell are you doing? Whatever. No, make a phone call. I don't think many of us know how to make phone calls anymore, but your phone can still do it. Your phone is not just for texting. You can't. It's num- it's, it has numbers on it. Imagine that. I mean, I'd probably have trouble finding it, but nonetheless, you can do it. Hell, you can push a button on your phone and say, call Freeland. And it'll call him for me. It'll probably come up and say, why do you want to talk to him? And then I have to answer it. But then it'll call you. No, but no, in all seriousness and nonsense aside, you know, look in on your friends. Look in on your family. You don't know what people are going through. You know, we're just coming out of the holiday season. You know, so some people are going through some stuff now. No, I don't know if you know this, but I just learned about it the other day. This is one of the more depressing times of the year. January, the winter blues and whatnot. The holidays are over. We're into the drabs. It's cold. It's cloudy and stuff like that. Look at on your friends, your family. Even if you don't really like them, look at on them anyway. Good point. Just be a good person. Don't be a scumbag. Don't be a scumbag. That should be a t-shirt. Should don't be. be a scumbag. I'm going to work on that. Guys, it has been uh, it's been an interesting week. We do appreciate once again for you always tuning in and being so loyal and listening to the podcast. Obviously, the FRM brand founded by Jerry Lynn and Mikey Whipwreck, who do obviously every once in a while still appear with us. Uh, but the Butster and I are kind of running the ship here. But uh, we are coming to you each and every week to give you the latest news on what's happening in the world of wrestling, and it, of course, you know some fun stories here and now about our our own lives. Um, but once again, the wrestling world is what we talk about. It's what we love. If you'd like to continue having this conversation online with us, you can go ahead and hit me up. I'm at Mike, M-I-K-E-F-R-E-L-A-N-D. Uh, Butster, how can people hit you up if they would like to continue this conversation? Um, Twitter at Gotnoof2291 at G-O-T-N-E-W-F-2291. And if you are looking for anything that's customized in the world of woodworking, we have somebody who's there for you. Our Canadian friend, the butt, does all different kinds of things. He's a specialist in wooden children's toys. I'm telling you, these are some of the most finely crafted toys. They are 100% safe for your kids, for the little ones to put in their mouth, all of this stuff. Everything's all natural, no chemicals whatsoever. But he also works on other things as well. So if you're interested in getting something made by the butt, definitely hit him up. You can go to his Facebook page. But what is the Facebook page if somebody would like to reach out to you about your woodworking company? CB79 Wooden Toymaker. Uh, yeah, reach out to me. You're looking for something. I'm always looking for something new to get into. I've uh, only got a couple small projects going now. So it's the perfect time. Uh, yeah, get a hold of me. We'll see what we can make happen. Uh, I've, I've seen his products and they are top notch. And I'm not saying that because we're friends. I'm saying that because he's a quality craftsman. 
Um, he's been doing this for a long time. He's got experience. He's got his own woodworking shop as well. So if you have an idea, maybe for an anniversary gift, a birthday gift, um, a wedding gift, go ahead and reach out to the button. He can definitely go ahead and uh, talk to you about whatever project that you would like to take from concept to reality. All right. Once again, you could follow us on all forms of social media platforms, and you can find our podcasts anywhere fine podcasts are made available. And I mean this. Thank you so very much for listening to the show. Once again, rest in peace, Jay Briscoe. Uh, please keep Kevin Nash in your thoughts and prayers. And as the butt had said, check on your friends and family members. A simple text message, a simple phone call, pause what you're doing. Nothing is that important that you can't stop to check on somebody and just make sure they're doing okay. For the butt, I am Mike Freeland. We will catch you on the next episode of the Front Row Material Brand. My name is Mike Freeland, and if you're looking for an exciting wrestling podcast to add to your library, then look no further than the Front Row Material brand. Each and every week, I sit down with some of the most exciting superstars in the world of wrestling, from upcoming stars in the indies to dedicated veterans of the squared circle. I also host a daily podcast called Headlines, which gives you the updated information on all your favorite superstars in all your favorite promotions, giving you not only the backstage look, but also what are the industry experts saying about things. And finally, join myself and and my executive producer, The Rit, where we talk about everything in the world of professional wrestling all across the landscape, from storylines to interviews to what's happening and what we think is going to be happening the next time you turn on your TV. Don't miss it. It's the Front Row Material brand brought to you by the MLW Radio Network. The Rule.